Wes, I don't know if you knew this, but this is a very momentous occasion for Star Trek Enterprise. Can you guess what it might be? Uh, is it the 27th consecutive two in a row that we've run into? <laughs> or is, is there some- well, not only that, <laughs> but it does feature the first direct crossover with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I'm very excited about. Oh, who's the, the who's the Buffy reference? The uh, uh, the sexy alien that Hoshi gets it on with played Dracula on season five, episode one of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was a very important episode for me when I was younger as a big Buffy fan and a big Dracula fan. Huh. Huh. Interesting. So he's all the way in season five. This vampire shows or Dracula shows up. Yeah. In Buffy. Yeah. So he's mm-hmm. not a main. Cast. And it was the funny thing about it was it was actually. It's really weird. It's like the only time they've ever done this because at the same time, the same year, this was two years before Enterprise, uh, this guy, Rudolph, I can't remember his last name. I looked it up, but I forgot it. Um, he was playing Dracula in a TV movie that was supposed to be the quote unquote true story of Dracula. Mm-hmm. And so it was this weird <laughs> cross promotion. I think it was a Fox movie. So I think it was a cross promotion because Buffy was technically still partially involved with 20th Century Fox in some way. Yep. So he played Dracula the human in this TV movie and then played Dracula the vampire on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's got a calling and he found it. And then he plays yes, apparently. Then he plays middlingly sexy alien in the the third I think Let's go to Rise. Sexy. Sexy's a stretch I think, sexy. but <laughs> we'll talk about it. I suppose we. It took us. Unless a, you find this face sexy, he's. If you, if you you can't, the people listening couldn't see that, but it was hilarious. <laughs> it works visually. Yeah, yeah, it took a. It took three episodes, but we finally made it to the end of the journey to Riza arc. And it's two days and two nights, so we're going to take a break. We'll play a clip from the episode that YouTube will ban, probably. God damn you! And then we'll come back and we'll break down two days and two nights. I hope she didn't hurt Porthos. Hello, Porthos. She's been cooped up for weeks. I should have known she'd run off the first chance she got. No, no harm done. She probably just came over to make a friend. I'm Jonathan. Kayla. So is this your first time to Riza? Yes. You? First time. My science officer felt I needed to relax, so I decided to... Do some reading. Let Porthos run on the beach. You should always listen to your science officer. She'd be the first to agree with you. All right, everybody. So, Two Days and Two Nights is the 25th episode of the first season. It's the penultimate episode. It aired on May 15th, 2002. It, in, the, in the Temporal Cold War arc, it's episode 4 of 13. In the Journey to Riza arc, it's the third of three. Teleplay... This is- Sorry, it's just such a stretch to call this part of the temporal, temporal cold, cold war. Arc. I know, I know. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get into it. But <clears throat> think about it. In a, a better way to think of it is uh, maybe that it knocks one of the remaining thirteen episodes, not not thirteen, but remaining six or whatever episodes off the uh, off the table. So mm-hmm. it's the third <laughs> of three in the journey to rise. The teleplay goes to Chris Chris Black. Story credit goes to Rick Berman and Brennan Braga. Directed by Michael Dorn, which is nice. In universe date is February 18th, 2152. In this episode, the crew takes shore leave on the famous pleasure planet of Riza. For many, it is anything but a vacation. Which is true. Some of them have a stress, <laughs> stressful mm. times. I think 
This is um Riza Riza's never really done well in Star Trek. I, there's the DS9 episode where they go to Riza, which is like reviled, and it's we gave it both ones. It's uh for those without for whoever whoever is that without sin or whatever the title of that episode is, where mm-hmm. Worf joins the terrorist cult because he doesn't like to go to vacations. <laughs> um, I completely forgot. I, the only thing I can remember from that episode is is the, uh, the uh, appreciating the fairly progressive stance on breakups that uh, Dax yeah, and um, no, Bashir have, where they're like, "Yeah, we're breaking up, so we're going to both go to this planet and screw everybody." It's yeah, it was great. Bashir and um, uh, sorry, not Dax. What's Lita? Lita. 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 That's yeah. who it was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they, yeah. They broke up and uh, just kind of got it on. Although this episode has a fair share of somewhat progressive sexuality in that it. Mm features Hoshi getting laid, which is nice. Yeah, but it also features a lot of uh, watch out that lady might have a dick <laughs> jokes in it, so kind of kind of uh, not really you tipping the scale you there. Can't just in the, leap in the in, you can't direction. leap into the future. It's one foot straddling this well, side, one side you know, straddling the other. I know it's, it's unfair to say this because 2002, it's not like it was 1975 or 1950 or something people should have known better at this point but at that point it's still like you weren't calling people by certain expletives that i won't repeat as much anymore i guess some people were but you were still getting jokes like this in fairly popular things i was actually just watching the first uh sam raimi spider-man last night yeah and i completely forgot that one of the jokes that uh, the quips that he throws at Macho Man in the wrestling scene is he says, that's a really nice outfit. Did your husband make it for you? <laughs> You're, you don't do that anymore. Uh, no, you don't. It was in the year 2000 and 2002. It was still, uh, they hadn't crossed that bridge yet, unfortunately. Yeah. But Yeah. No, no, it's, um, yeah, they, they have a couple lines about that, mostly centering around the, the, can I talk about adventures. that for one second? No, this, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm taking this way off course here, but what's, what I find interesting about that joke is that it is not appropriate. The, Ra- the Raimi obviously. one or, or the, yeah, the Raimi one. Yeah. It's not appropriate, but it would have worked just as well as if you had said, that's a really nice outfit. Did your wife make it for you? Cause it's, it's, it's belittling either way. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's taking a shot at his masculinity either way. So I don't know. It's I I think you could have done it in a way that was less um, you know un- offensive. Yeah. unfortunately. But <laughs> yeah, I mean to call into question Macho Man's or Bone Saws as he's known in the movie mm, uh, sense yes. of sense of style is definitely hitting below the belt. Especially, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't remember anything after. It's also of. It's funny how that stuff is kind of surprising when you go back and watch it. Like it, it didn't, it didn't like ring a bell at all, or it, you didn't right. notice it at all when it was coming out. But now it's like it's the right. only thing you can really notice. It's really strange how quickly stuff like that has changed for the better. But it's yeah. like a, it's, yeah, it's it's remarkable that, and just um, how re- like you know reliable quote unquote a joke it was. Like it, it's just mm. like if you had a problem, you're just like I'm just gonna put this in now, and this will be the joke, and it'll all work. I, I do have to say, even at the time, though, I remember thinking like, you know, Spider-Man is known for his quips and his and his humor in the face of danger like this. This is not his best material. Yeah. I remember even th- seeing that movie going like, ah, they were taking a swing at it. They should have got like Patton Oswalt or something to take a pass at the script because it's not very good. He was just starting <laughs> as far that as point. that. Just start, he, yeah. he wasn't in his uh, skin tight costume. He, had, he didn't have his quips down or anything like that. He was, yeah, yeah. He was dealing with stress in different ways, I guess. Poor Peter Parker. Anyway, sorry, sorry for the tangent. Two days and two nights. 
Um, I don't know where you want to start with this. I, I, I guess on. Well, I was, I was going to open it up with the the rise of thought. Rise has been featured in a few episodes, including that DS9 episode. It was in Captain's Holiday, mm-hmm. which is the TNG episode where Picard goes and meets Vash and has a little adventure on Ryza. Um, this one, I think this one mostly fails because this version of Ryza looks like a middle-brow Holiday Inn that these people are yeah. staying at. It really, it really looks cheap and really terrible. It, it looks like... Uh, do you remember... I don't listen to the radio much anymore, so maybe they don't do it as much. But do you remember back, like around the time we were in high school, they would always have commercials on like AAF or BCN for uh, hedonism or hedonism two? Yes, yes, which I do. Which is supposed to be like the <laughs> the 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 place to go in the Caribbean or whatever, yeah, where it was yeah. just like drinks and sex and rock and this roll. This is what I met. Yeah. Their depiction of Riza in this is what I imagine hedonism was actually like, where it was just like some middle level middle level condos, one club that was not really that interesting, and like an extensive wine cellar. Yes, yeah, no wine cellar. I think wine cellar is uh, is raising the bar a little bit. Yeah, it would be it would be an extensive collection of boxes of wine. I think would be yes. what they would have. <laughs> um, that's that's. I mean, this episode has a lot of problems and. You know, a lot of them are kind of like enterprise problems, it seems to be mm-hmm. at this point. But the 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 production uh, quality and the production value seem really low on this one. And I was looking at Memory Alpha and the writer, Chris Black, was, I keep saying Black, but Chris Black was complaining that they had no money at this point and they just couldn't mm. do Rise. Like, they are, they're at this island resort and no one ever goes to the beach in this episode right. you know it's like yes. it's, it's yeah. archer sits around in his hotel room the entire time which i i've actually never felt closer to archer here where he's I just know. like i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna hang out in my hotel room guys and take it easy although maybe that's a good place to start archer this this episode to me really highlighted how i think archer is just not well thought out as a character here because i mm. i don't understand why archer as the captain of this NX-01 ship that's going places that no one has ever been, is in the mold of Picard where he wants to sit around and read on his vacation. You know, like right. that's a that's a Picard trait. And Archer, I don't think Archer should really be that captain. Archer should be much more of the Kirk, which we talked about before. He should be much more in line with what, what Kirk would do on vacation. And this is not what Kirk would do, I don't think. Yeah, or at the very least, he should be looking for a pickup uh, water polo game somewhere right or, or yeah <laughs> excited to check out the the sport down there called bok cha or some bullshit yep. you know yep. um yeah it's it's weird that he's just uh, I, I there's a line in the in the episode was actually something that i was thinking was you've got him he's got a book it's like okay he's fine he's gonna read i understand that i don't like the beach either the beach sucks um but then he's out there looking through this telescope up at the stars and i was thinking the fuck are you looking at the stars for, man? You just that's what you just came from. And then the the woman asked him the same thing and he's like, uh, ah, can't get enough of them. It's like, Ugh, yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 It's just uh, uh I wouldn't write I, Archer um, this way. I wouldn't write Archer no, this way. No. And I and I, I don't know if I don't know if him being this way is because he's beholden to whatever the hell they thought they were doing with a storyline that they're like, he has to just stay inside and not be interested in going outside. Mm-hmm. But I mean his storyline is the weak point to me. But I think it just, it just fundamentally is it, it's all it's weak because it has no resolution and doesn't mean anything. But it's also yeah. weak because 
Archer is not exciting enough as a character in this episode to make you even ignore the fact that it has no resolution. It's it's like the the journey is boring and there is no end to it. It just goes. And, yeah, but I, it's crazy. I'll be honest with you. This was another one where I was kind of disappointed that something happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was I didn't mind. You it, wanted actually. him just to have casual like, sex and have a hand firm handshake goodbye and say have a good. No, I, yeah, I don't know. There was like something about him meeting someone and and they were just kind of having a nice time you know whether or not they sleep together is is irrelevant but like i i don't know i just kind of enjoyed that bit of the story and then when they finally give you the turn at the end which is probably one of the lamest things they've ever done in this show up to this point um it was really underwhelming but uh just to to speak to how he should you it's it's strange to me that they they present him the way they present him after setting up the fact that he doesn't really want to go down there and he doesn't and he's clearly going to be restless and he clearly would be more comfortable on the ship. Yeah. I'm surprised that they don't present him and his story as being more restless in his room. You know, the only reason that he meets this woman is complete by complete happenstance. Like it's he doesn't actively engage in basically any part of the story. Yeah. And um, the woman just it's throws just her dog weird. up to the balcony. Yeah, inexplicably, <laughs> she just like hook shots her dog up onto his balcony. Um, but it's yeah, it's just strange how it's they kind of it's another it's another instance of them kind of forgetting one part of the story they're trying to tell. Where in this case, they give you the piece at the beginning where he's conflicted about going down and he's, he is restless and whatnot. But then when he finally gets down there, none of that stuff, it does has no follow through. Right. Or, or they could have gone the other way where his restlessness and his inability to shut off filters through into how he reacts to this woman, where he starts thinking that she's some sort of, uh, I can't remember the name of the the race that the he thinks t- that Tendarans she is. or something. The, yeah, the <clears throat> yeah the Tendarans. Yeah. Uh, that he starts, you know, like the the classic comedy bit where uh, he thinks she's a vampire, but she's not. But she starts treating her like a vampire. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that thing where. Um, and it ultimately, he makes a fool out of himself because he can't shut his brain off. Right, he he can't relax on his vacation, and he's seeing Suleban everywhere. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. And he, and he yeah they don't that. do that. They just kind of have a nice relaxing uh, adult contemporary <laughs> evening <laughs> they do i mean also why does he go to the boat place by himself that i know first the first night? day the first day yeah, I, she's like i can't go tonight but that sounds lovely i'd love to go with you tomorrow and then he's like by the way it was great well, alone <laughs> but you know my it, what's interesting is that i i'm now sort of seeing the series for something where when he said that i was watching it as a viewer ago they're not going to explain why she doesn't go with him and she and they don't. And a couple of scenes right. later, it's just like, yeah, I knew that. Like there was, there's no reason why she couldn't just go that first night and sort of kickstart this relationship. Um, hey, man, she's clearly got plans. Things going on. She's got a Comer dog's mohawk hair. The the, the great great close up work of the uh, the dog. Oh crowd. yeah, the dog close ups are very good. <laughs> they knew it was good too got, because they did it multiple times to go back to it. Yeah, they got like a solid. A solid fifteen seconds of angry Porthos that yep. they used a few times. Yep. That was that was very good. <laughs> I think um, this episode really just this one really suffers from to be like just sort of like blunt about it or whatever. It's like there is 
there's no meaning to this episode. There's no theme that connects any of these stories with each other. And by the end, I don't know if they're trying to rescue something where they're saying that it's the it's a vacation that none of them got what they expected out of it, you know. And it's almost interesting at the end where none of them tell anyone else what happened to them really on mm-hmm. this vacation. Like that's almost mm-hmm. something. But if that was the case, you would have you kind of needed to build the script around that where the characters on vacation actually interact with each other because they never run into each other in their storylines. They're very separate from each other. And if there was a a kind of thing of like they were all deceiving each other where none of them are having a good time, but they're kind of pretending that everyone is having a good time, mm-hmm. I could see that being kind of funny or something, but it it just it just feels thrown in at the end and almost like an oversight that no one actually talks about anything. But... I don't think it's anyone, I don't think any of the stories about like people learning a lesson, really. I don't think it's about like not realizing what you don't really want is the thing. I don't think it's about Mm. letting your hair down is a good adventure every once in a while. And it's strange. I I just, I like the Hoshi storyline just because of how sort of like strange the resolution is. It's like there was, there was no conflict for Hoshi. Like what what a strange thing. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Another Enterprise special. Yeah, I mean it was it was a perfect uh illustration of of what going to a place like that and meeting someone in that situation might be like. It was great. There was no conflict. It just he wasn't a secret agent or anything. It was just, you know, Hoshi had a interesting weekend. That's all. And, and that, that scene at the end. They have a great- that scene at the end. I find funny cuz it's like Okay, I can I can understand Trip and Reed not wanting to talk about what happened to them. Yes, uh, showing up at a casting call for Night of the Roxbury and then getting roofied by some shape changers. I can understand that. Yeah, I can understand Hoshi uh, wanting to keep a level of discretion, even though she had a great line about learning new conjugations, which I thought was yeah. good. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but. But I feel like Archer should be like, yeah, I met this woman. It turns out she's a body morphed uh, Tellurian or whatever the hell it's called, uh, Tandoran, <laughs> who uh, was trying to get secret war information about the the Sulaban cold temporal yeah, cold temporal war cold from war. me. Yep. I feel like that's something that you should talk about. Yeah, <laughs> it's going in the reports, I would have to assume. He's yeah, a, He doesn't want to ruin everybody's good time. I just uh, so is that like another? Was she also supposed to be like a man or something? Because they change her DNA, or sorry, they change her appearance, but they don't change her DNA. Do they just? I can't remember. Do the uh, do the Dean Stockwell? It's the Dean Stockwell yes. race, right? Yeah, that's what do I. They have that's a what face I'm thinking, thing. Yeah. I don't that, remember that them. Ha- he says that she has some, she has a dot or something. I don't remember Dean Stockwell having a dot in the middle of his head that needed to. Oh, be also, if we thought. The makeup last episode was uh, bottom of the barrel alien design. I think the Risens might take the cake <laughs> for literally being like a like a sticker on the middle of the forehead. Just a googly eye sticker that stuck. Yeah. Into the middle of their <laughs> so I, I was wait, I was waiting for Trip to lean in and go. It is that a half off sticker? <laughs> the Risens are they are those they must be Risens right? But why? It must be awful to live on Riza, basically, is all I could think about to be those old people and mm. just have these people coming in and you're just trying to have a nice dinner at your favorite location and there's some tourists coming by. I, I don't know what the relationship with the Risons is, but just to get back to Hoshi, 
there's so little conflict where after they have sex and she wakes up and rolls over and looks at him, uh, he's like, one of them says like, did you use me? And the other one goes, no. And it's just like they hug and they say, no, it's goodbye. not even that. He, he, he volunteers it. He's like, I hope you don't think that I'm using you because I'm not. Right. And she's like, no, I thought I'm, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> they just shake hands and they go their separate ways. It's, yeah. It's, and there's, there's something charming about enterprise in that way. But at the same, t- like, I still don't think any of the episodes have matched breaking the ice for a kind of like the whole episode is just kind of laissez faire, like and, sure, and nothing sure. really matters. This one, you know, they're they're trying here to do something, but it's just I the fundamental flaw, I never see what the pitch about the episode is in any of these episodes. I never see what the writer goes in and says, they all go to Riza and blank. You know, like it's missing mm-hmm. that second part of they all go to Riza. Well, this episode is just I, they all go to Riza. I think you could say it's they all go to Riza with one intention and end up with something that wasn't intended or some sort of monkey's paw scenario or something. Because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Reed and Reed and Trip go down there looking to hook up with hot ladies and they yeah. end up getting uh, drugged, mugged, and, yeah, mugged, drugged and mugged and locked in a basement. Um, they end up they go there looking. <laughs> they go there looking for hot ladies and making jokes about uh, whether or not they're actually men and end up getting uh, overtaken by two ladies who turn out to actually be men mm-hmm. and then get stuck in the basement, uh, two men together in their underwear. Yeah. So it's definitely not what they were looking for. Um, Apparently pissing <clears throat> all over each other because they, they were like, what's this, what's this smell? They're just complaining about the smell. The, the series continues to be enthralled by yeah. smells. No, they're they're doused in something aren't they? yeah they get a oh, drink no. spilt on them or something right no he had to break one of the wine bottles in order to cut oh. themselves out of the rope that's what it was which <laughs> um, you don't and, you see know, you've got to, you don't you don't right, see their yeah, you don't see that yeah god forbid they do something show you something interesting um and another episode where trip is just stuck somewhere <laughs> <laughs> and has to deal with it but wait get um, back to the so not being what you'd expect. I can understand that for Trip and Reed, and I can understand it for Hoshi as the positive flip. Mm-hmm. I don't think the other stories have anything to do with that, really, which is, mm. which I would maybe <laughs> say is coincidental that Hoshi and Trip have something to do with it because Archer has almost no story, and he gets neither what he expects nor what he does not expect. And then right. Phlox, on the other hand, Phlox just has like a comedy beats or something yeah i guess i i completely forgot about flocks and mayweather yeah mayweather mayweather doesn't get that story because mayweather well i guess he kind of does but no he goes into that rock climbing thing knowing the deal yeah it's and dangerous the rocks he tells him about how dangerous he, it is yeah yeah he comes back and I he says know. i, I really want to come stuff. back to enterprise <clears throat> yeah yeah i yeah. mean that's just uh i i would half agree with you but I still think that the storylines of Trip and Reed and Hoshi are almost coincidental. That it's like a the theme there is so unexplored that it just feels like, well, if Trip and Hoshi if they go down, what's the exact opposite of what they want? Because that'll be the arc that sure. they get. And sure. you know, I don't I was I was disappointed because this to me was one of the more disappointing episodes because while I was watching it, I w- all I could think about was, imagine if this series really grabbed hold of its premise and went with this. Right. And that that Ryza is a purely hedonistic like pleasure planet 
But humanity is not at a point yet where it's not the TNG phase where they can just casually go down there and be okay with it. Like I, I like I put something on Instagram because I was reading the book. But one of the writers was just saying that the original picture was like, "There's going to be struggle between the crew members. They're going to be very human. The people are going to be hooking up with each other. There's going to be like a, emotional turmoil." I could see the you just described discovery, I think. right? And, but I could see <clears throat> the proto version of Bashir and Lita on this planet, right? Like if you had two crew sure. members in a relationship who go down to Riza and I think that Riza at this point only would really work well for this series. If, if it's a kind of like, um, perfection that humans are striving for, like this kind of like mm-hmm. open sexuality thing that Roddenberry was always pushing and humans show up and they're like, Oh, we heard so much about Riza. This would be great. And they get there and they just can't handle Riza. Like humans aren't sure. ready for this kind of stuff yet. And I was just so disappointed that they, it's basically Archer sitting in a Holiday Inn reading a book that Tapal right, gave. Him. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's another instance of them uh, balking at their concept in favor of of just falling back on a Star Trek episode because this episode, this Rise of episode, it, there's nothing special about it that makes it. <clears throat> excuse me, unique to Enterprise. This could have been on any ep- any ver- any version of the show. Um, you're not learning anything about anybody, really. You're not the the only plot thing involved is the tacked on temporal Cold War thing, which is just awful. Yeah. Um, never comes back. So don't don't uh-uh. waste uh, brain cells about it. You talking about the woman specifically? The Tendarans are never mentioned again. So really, yeah. Wow, that's yikes, guys. <laughs> so that'll lower your esteem, but. So maybe maybe a criticism of what we're saying here is that we're looking too hard on this episode. Does this episode work as a fun? Yeah. D- does this work as a fun time killer episode for you? Then I personally think that it does. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's perfect. Like I said, I enjoyed the uh, the Archer thing for what it was until the end. I enjoyed the Hoshi thing. Uh, Flox continues to be the best character on the show. The scene where he wakes up is the funniest scene in, it's the, really in the show. Good. Yeah, Tapal's yeah. very good there too. There's no need. Yeah. There's no reason to whisper. He's hibernating. <laughs> very good. Um, the read and the read and trip thing. Eh, I could do without that. Um, I think they could have done something more interesting. That felt the most than, dated. Uh, that's um, that's a very the, their their storyline is a very uh really borderline cringy, strange sort like for what I was talking about, how enterprise, if this was a true prequel thing and humans weren't ready, I kind of would have liked their attitude there. If it had backfired mm-hmm. on them in a way that wasn't, they get held up <laughs> or mugged, you know, this like is just, this is too many boobs. I can't deal, deal with all these boobs. <laughs> it's just, it's or, too many. You know, if it's kind of a play on, it's kind of a, a weird, you could do a weird thing with like their, they're sort of like at least trips like alpha maleness, right? Runs mm-hmm. into the Risens who scare the fuck out of him, right? Like he can't handle what's going on in Risen. Yeah, and, it's like Ry- Risen sex clubs level one is like extreme pegging. <laughs> He's not ready for it. Trips <laughs> like didn't ask for this. Uh, so. <laughs> this wasn't what I meant. <laughs> and I, I could see something like like it's kind of a. I feel maybe that's too modern for the series, but to have that sort of like good old Texas or Florida boy or whatever the fuck he's from mm-hmm. run into something where he can't handle this alien, it, it's a, it's kind of a nice metaphor for like how the Enterprise crew in this first season have occasionally had trouble 
with the aliens that they run into because they're not they're not accustomed to what's going on and they're sort of learning as they go. Mm-hmm. If you just tie that metaphor into some sort of like sexuality exploration, Star Trek will never do sexuality very well. But like, if you're going mm-hmm. to rise it, you kind of have to try, I guess. Right. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny when they were going down <clears throat> to the planet. First of all, I thought it was hilarious that they opened the show. And T'Pol is talking to Archer, and he's like, ah, I don't know. I don't want to go. Can't I just stay here? And T'Pol says, you all drew lots, and whoever drew the lots goes down to the planet. And it just happened to be every single main cast member except T'Pol. <laughs> the senior management had the, uh, the deck stacked in their favor, I think. Yeah. But yeah. why and why couldn't why couldn't everyone go? Why don't you just send the shuttle back up and bring other people? Right. I guess they have to run the How ship you- or something. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Like having a Ariza episode and not involving T'Pol, yeah, I'm shocked that they didn't. Yeah, like I like I said either last episode or the episode before, I was expecting a some sort of T'Pol in a bikini joke from Trek. No, that's all that never- you and you have to. All you're thinking is that T'Pol. It's the one place where they can kind of make fun. Uh, they can. The show had two opportunities to kill bir- two birds with one stone. Here, you can get T'Pol down there in a bikini. To show mm-hmm. off Jolene Blaylock. And it mm-hmm. also gives you comedy where T'Pol in a bikini is potentially funny about things. Because, it, you know, she would not react to it in character in the way that the other characters would. So you have you have this space to go. But they're like, no, keep her on the ship. I don't I don't know if that's a... If they thought it was too much. Like, I could, I could yeah, also see I mean, the criticism of it's too much to bring her down there and put her in that situation. Yeah. I'm kind of happy they didn't do that because I think it's too easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also their track record with uh, uh, jokes involving her body are, is not great up to this point. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of hoping th- uh, for a minute when they were going down in the ship, when they were talking about, oh, what are you guys going to do? And they're like, Hoshi, what are you going to do? And she's like, oh, I just want to learn. I just want to learn some new cultures. I was kind of hoping she was going to be like, I'm going down there to get laid, man. <laughs> You know something a little bit different, I, but I think with her story ended up being good. But I was kind of hoping they would they would spin that ball a little bit and, yeah. instead of her being just the uh, mousy uh, conservative one who's not really looking for anything. She was like, "No, man, I'm going down there to get, to you know get it on." Yeah, and that's what's that's what's kind of charming about her story is that. And they could. I'm sorry. They could also. What you're talking about this exploration of, of sexuality. If if Hoshi had responded to Trip, Trip, who's like you know got his collar open and he's right. like peacocking for everybody about you know being the big dick down yep. in Rise. He's the captain if, on this ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple wild and crazy guys down there. Uh, if if Hoshi's like, no, I'm going down there. I'm getting laid. Then you have you can have Trip like recoil a bit at the fact that this woman is so forward yeah. about her own sexuality. Right, right. You know, I think that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, and that's the if the crew actually had some kind of interplay with each other, uh, sort of contemporary human values. I think that you can yeah. get away with, it. especially especially in 2002. That kind of reaction feels more timely than it does now in some ways mm-hmm. in some ways even though it's only been 20 years like writing trip that way now would feel like he's kind of regressed or, or oh, something absolutely yeah oh that character writing trip that way not that he's not written as a joke in this episode because he very much is they both are he and, and malcolm yeah but like you would only write that character now if you were a hundred percent got your tongue lodged in your cheek yes. that you're making a he, joke he's never this. he yeah. he would never have a chance to succeed <clears throat> Basically, like, no, you know, never, from the be- no. beginning that it's not going to work out. Yeah. And the the problem here, I think, is that it's not because 
I feel that there's a chance that their plan will work in this episode. I don't feel it's potentially as comedic as it could be. Um, them getting mugged in sort of the uh, like fear of homosexuality stuff only goes so far when mm-hmm. it would be, I think it would just be more naturally funny if they went down and just, you know, failed on their own. Like it's a failed, a failed away mission or whatever. Like they, yeah. d- they just can't manage it. And instead of taking some sort of artificial outside influence on them, it's their own, their own characterization that causes them to fail because I don't know. This is definitely not intentional, but Reed comes across really strongly as the um, closeted homosexual who's trying to live up to Trip's expectations about what he's supposed sure. to say to him. Like it, <laughs> it really. He's really secondary to him, and Trip will just say something like, "Oh man, let's go see these ladies," and Reed's like, "Oh right, like I, I also love women. Let me, let me yeah, see who's going like, down here." Uh, he sounds like Steve Carell in the forty-year-old yeah. version where they're all talking about women. <laughs> He's like, yes. Can't wait to get I those bags of wet to, sand in my hands. Yeah, grab those bags of sand <laughs> on her chest. <laughs> and and that would, you know, that's a, that's a totally different thing. But it's it just feels the show is just unwilling to grab what it wants to talk about. Maybe that's a bad metaphor for this episode, but it's un, it's unwilling <laughs> to to really grab the bull by the horns and um, mm-hmm. make something of it. Like scared of it. Like it's it seems like the show is just scared of making a point about something it's really it's really it's too bad and if you're not going to knock it out of the park with comedy i don't know what you're really left with it's fine as a little time killer but two of the stories i would argue are filler the flocks one is effective filler Mm. i think but the archer one is pointless really yeah i um yeah i think they're caught a little bit in uh in between episodic and serialized with this one because it's not committing to its idea enough for it to be a satisfying episodic episode, but it's also not committing to continuing this cold war thing to be a satisfying serialized episode. Well, and so co- it's and, like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. The, 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 the cold war thing just feels like a hail Mary at the end of the episode to make it seem like this episode matters in the grand scheme of things. I don't know if you remember, but in Cold Front, which is where we meet Daniels for the first time, um, mm-hmm. or I guess, spoiler, he comes back, but uh, Dan- we meet Daniels before he dies or whatever. Um, we were talking in that episode about whether or not whether or not the the series knew what the Cold War was at that point and whether or not they yeah. were trying to... Whether or not Cold Front is an episode was them hinting at something and it was unsatisfying because they didn't give you enough to really, really grab onto. But th- their intent was just to like sort of uh, wet your whistle with the idea that this is going to be coming back. Or if it was, we have to have a Cold War episode here. Does anyone know what this story is going to be about? No? Okay, just <laughs> introduce Daniels and we'll see what goes on. This one feels like an even worse version of that, which is that what is the cold, like? What is the Cold War about? Who is who is this woman? Right. What does she care about this thing? And why does Archer care? And even down to the minor things about the Suliban, every time someone says Suliban to Archer, he reacts as if they were responsible for killing 90% of the people on Earth. He's like, the Suliban. Right. right. We ran into them a couple times. We're lucky to be still alive. Every time we've run into the Suliban, they've been fucking jokes. <laughs> so it's like, there's, right. no, there's yeah. no reason for me to fear the <clears throat> Suliban or act like this is a rational response on Archer's part. Yeah, I was I was almost kind of hoping like it was going to be something more interesting like she was actually from the future 
or, or so, you know, like yeah. some sort of more interesting thing other than this uh, facial reconstruction thing to hide the fact that she's a Tandorian. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's a um, it's TNG's cause and effect, except the incident that causes the loop to repeat is just Archer busting a nut. It's just ah, oh, and then she's like, I have to go back, <laughs> go back in time to, to go back to this thing. No, she's yeah, she she doesn't. I don't think she's from the future. She just knows the Suleban no. or something. She's yeah. just a Tandoran. So, you know, we were talking uh, uh, earlier, you were saying that she, there's no explanation for her not being able to to meet Archer that night for dinner. Is that supposed to be mysterious? I think so. It really isn't. No, it isn't. comes across it like she's got like a husband. She has, <laughs> yeah, or dinner plans, <laughs> other pre-existing plans or something. <laughs> it's really not interesting, and it really does not generate any mystery. <clears throat> and it's not even like he doesn't even take the bait for it to be mysterious. He's just like, oh, well, how about tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, fine. <laughs> well, he does, he does the very, it's, it's he does really the strange. Very, he does the very cool, it was just a thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just throwing this out here. Maybe it's a joke. Maybe it's not. Let's see how you react. I'm not super invested um, in this either way. I got a good book. I, I honestly, at that point, I was uh, <clears throat> I was like 75% sure they were going more romantic comedy with this, and it was going to turn out that T'Pol had hired him a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's... You feel like, you feel like there's a, a weird storyline that could... Like, T'Pol gave him a gift, you know? Yeah, a very personal Vulcan gift. It's the teachings of uh, Surak or whatever the the basis of Vulcan philosophy and um, the basis for Vulcan philosophy. The, yeah, which is which is he's a killer basis to replace uh, yeah. Johnny Run. Um, that feels like it's almost supposed to be something like to Paul's insistence that he relax feels like it ties into that in some ways. Like you, I, I know that she's looking out for him, but. I would almost characterize the Vulcans as like they would be indifferent to whether or not Archer had a vacation. You know, it's like, I'm not going on right. vacation. Yeah. It's illogical for me to care about you. So why do I care? Or what do I think you need? Because I guess maybe you were supposed to be led into this by Archer's had a tough season up to this point or something. But it's, mm-hmm. it's just one of these things. None of this is really feeling like this rise in adventure is the culmination of Archer being stressed out for the past 10 episodes. You know, it's just like, yeah. we just got here. Well, on, first of all, on, on the T'Pol thing, <clears throat> I think you could argue that she cares because the captain being, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, uh, the captain being more relaxed is Better therefore for the yeah. beneficial for the ship and the rest of the crew. So you could, if you want to go that way, you could. Yep. Um, but yeah, I like this three episode arc to get to Riza doesn't feel like it's like a payoff or anything <laughs> like it's not it's not like yeah. these past two episodes are the hardest tests the enterprise has faced up to this point or anything it's only an arc because two episodes ago someone said let's go to risa and that was that was the yeah. only mention of risa so now we're, we're at the, i we're would at the argue i would argue uh archer has a more relaxing time playing lacrosse with clancy brown than he does going to risa <laughs> aside from the war and walking through the desert part yeah trips near death like if so okay so that's a perfect example right i feel like the way archer if you want to do an archer relaxation vacation story you have him go down to risa 
frustrated and kind of like uh, restless about this vacation. And then he ends up getting caught up in something which caused, you know, he goes to try and find a lacrosse game. He starts playing in that, but then that turns into something else. And then he gets put in this extreme situation. And then at the end, he's like, man, I have never had a better time. Yeah. You know, like something like that. Yeah. Cause the, uh, the captain's holiday adventure on Riza is Picard is reticent to go on vacation and they force him to go on vacation to Riza. So the first mm-hmm. half of the episode is him uh, very bored. He's at a beach location. He's wearing his incredibly short bathing suits and he's reading a book by the pool. And he's not interested <laughs> in any of the sex capades that the Risens are pushing on him. He just wants to sit and read his book, which is a very Picard thing. You can understand that. Maybe Riza is not the best place for him. But it ends with a... He gets involved with Vash, who is an archaeologist, sort of like treasure hunter character, who is mm-hmm. running from Ferengi, and he helps her. He, he he His vacation becomes an archaeological adventure to find this rare item that no one has ever yeah, seen before. And, exactly, and, and yeah. that's how that's how Captain's Holiday ends. Yeah, that's okay. So that's basically what I just what I just described. right. But is Archer? So they already did it once, and it was a better episode. Is Archer wouldn't have to do the archaeological thing, but I don't know what Archer would want to do. Really, I think right. that's the problem with Archer's characterization at this point. Is I I don't really know what Archer does in his spare time except he eats, he drinks iced tea and beer and washes water polo. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I I just don't know what hobby he actually has, which is why the book thing feels fake. Just because I go, Archer doesn't read in his spare time. That doesn't seem right. I don't think that he's a big reader about philo- uh, or, philosophical stuff. I mean, I, I you could lean into that. And be like, I don't really know what Archer would do. Maybe Archer doesn't know what he would do either. Right. So you have him trying a bunch of stuff, and it's not nothing's working. Eh, he's not. The reading isn't working. Eh, the looking at the stars isn't working. But you know, like, so that's the story: is Archer trying to figure out what it means for him to relax? And then, if you want to throw this thing in with the woman, and you know, you can do whatever. But like, I feel like that's a cl- more clear. And if that's what they were trying to go for, which I don't think it is. Well, here's the problem: uh, they didn't. They didn't really do it very well here's the problem here's the problem Clearly. with that right so say archer de- discovers what he is, what he likes to do when you say that and i'm not saying that you're implying that this is what the episode is but it feels to me that mm-hmm. the resolution there is he goes back to the <clears throat> enterprise and he's like all i want to do is be the captain of the enterprise right and to me that sure. feels very re- that feels like every star trek captain and i don't know if that's a good thing and that makes a common theme for all the captains or if it's just like can we get a new kind of captain personality in here who who's not like in love with his ship and like he mm. a captain who's willing to go have sex with Risons as opposed to like hang out on his ship the entire time? I, I just I feel like he would be too redundant if that if he was that way. However, the the counter argument I guess people would make with that he's the first captain, so he's setting the stage for what captains are supposed to value in their lives, which is what everyone else after him copies, and they value the ship over everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's necessarily where it has to end up. Um, but I think that's probably the the first place you'd go. Um, and yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I think, I think you could probably spin that. So it's not as, uh, standard Star Trek captain as that. But, um, yeah, I think at least, I mean, even if that's what they did, at least it's telling a story about the character, right. the guy, yeah. you know, yeah, instead of just, watching him sitting around <laughs> at in his condo in Florida for 48 hours. It really is. He's got, I just like when he, he walks into the apartment and he looks up the stairs 
Just he's got that little like loft thing above above his mm-hmm. uh, living room, and he just kind of looks up and uh, I don't know. Let's take a we'll take a break there. I guess we'll uh, play a clip from the episode. We'll come back, read some patron thoughts about this one, and then we'll give our final thoughts about two days and two nights. Good morning. Morning. Sleep well. Very. Any thoughts? about what you'd like to do today. Raisa has a lot to offer. I could spend the entire day right here. But I'm afraid the shuttle's coming to pick me up in a few hours. Not a very long vacation. Two days and two nights. That's all we had. I hope you don't think that I... Took advantage of me? Not for a minute. All right, everybody. So thank you very much for listening to our content today. If you enjoyed it, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed it very much, you can go to patreon.com slash file and support the show there. A couple dollars a month gives you access to other podcasts, other videos that we do. And uh, the captain tier, the highest tier, gets a special thank you right now. So in order of oldest to newest Special thank you goes out to Christian Pouch, Tark Latif, Chris Tinsley, Mike Burnett, Cardinal Doomsday, Joint Mango, Ben Douglas, Neil Brennan, Kyle Barrett, uh, who's extended his name, but I can't see it here, Samuel Custer, Matthew Ross, Nathan Elliott. Oh, he's going to be so mad. Eric, I think it comes into play in the comments. Eric Johnson, okay. Andrew Cherlog, <laughs> Grim Santo, Matt Cutler, Tom Hiles, Dwayne Hackett, Sean, Jordan Cooper, Russell Elledge, Kevin Reyes, Vault 13 Hero, Stephen Minton, David Beardmore, Darth Moss, Gages 28, Mad Courier 6, Jacob123, Matt Houston, Mike Harris, Nick Sergi, Jakey's Gamer, Patrick Seba, Captain Brazen, Kevin Lowry, Eric's Antoine, Bradley Killens, Corey Martin, Woodrow, and Rune Vendler. Thank you very much for supporting the show. It means a lot. And I wonder if you enjoyed two days and two nights more than I did. What's uh, what's a, your ideal length of vacation? Um, I don't know. It honestly depends. Um, <clears throat> I My first instinct is always um, shorter. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I like I, it depends on where I'm going. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm coughing a lot tonight. Um, like we went to Florida last September. We went to Disney World. First time I'd been to Disney World in 20 years. Uh, and we went for a week, which at first glance I was like, oh, that's a long time. I haven't gone for a week long vacation in a while. Yep. It's usually like a weekend or maybe four days or something. Um, like when we go up to Sean's condo, it's a long we weekend. now only usually go for like, yeah, a long weekend. We used to go for a lot longer, but <clears throat> now it's just nice to be at your own home. And I think that's kind of what it is. I'm, I'm a bit of a homebody, um, where I'm, I'm just as happy on vacation lying on my couch as I am lying on the beach. Cause I don't like lying on the beach. Reading the teachings of Sirach, obviously. Yes. Yes. Um, but I, I think it depends on the place. Cause like after a week in Florida, I kind of was like, I could do another few days in Florida. Just, I don't know if that was because we were moving the whole time. Like we did all the stuff yeah. in Florida. So it was like up early at uh, at the parks all day, then going to bed late. So it wasn't like we just had time, a ton of time to relax in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it depends. Like going up into the woods in Maine or something, a couple days I'm good, yeah. I think. <laughs> Camping. One night, yeah. get it over with. Yeah. Yourself? Um, 
We we used to go. I have family in Britain, and we used to go when I was younger for two weeks, and that felt like a very long time. Um, yeah, which is it made sense for since we were going like once a year. That's like your whole trip there. So the first week usually went fine, and then the second week was a long time. But I think probably probably like seven days somewhere is a good amount of time, you know, and depending on how far you have to go, whether or not that time is taken up by travel. I'm just talking about like mm. the time that you spend somewhere. Yeah, it's it's yeah. probably like seven to ten days. It's probably a good stretch of time for wherever you are, unless you're, as you're saying, going camping or something. Then it's like, all right, I just one day is all I need. I don't need anything else. When we went to Scotland a few years ago, I think we went for like ten days. Yep. And I actually, I could have stayed longer because there was so much travel involved. But in, like by the time we got to where we were going, I think we were only there for like two or three days. Yeah. And it, it just felt like. We, Right when we got to the point where you were ready to like kind of really decompress and relax, yeah, settle down. It, it was time to go again. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, <coughs> no that's, that's the that's the way. It is. I mean, I, I sort of bring this up as a point here. It's a it's a strange title, right? It's two days and two nights, or six days, seven nights. I don't. The I don't great know. Film with uh, <laughs> Anne Hayes and Harrison Ford. I don't know. If it really means anything, what what's the rush to get off Riza? Is there? I'm not aware of why why they can't be there for an extended period of time. Uh, you got something to do? I don't know. It's, it takes longer to. It's more complicated to tell a story whether they're there for a week. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just I just bring it up as the the time limit seems only to impact Hoshi, really. You know, and it, I think it. I think you might be overthinking it. I think it's just a uh, just a like a cute title. Yeah, like an itinerary title. Yeah, and it's definitely an, it's an <coughs> idiom. Like to, to the hotel speak is two days and two nights or whatever. Right. Exactly. I think it's more that than anything else. Um. Yeah. I guess I'm, now, if it were like two days, two nights, semper Firis galactica or something, <laughs> add some Latin two days. Sola. The 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 famous two days, two nights soliloquy from the Tempest. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be different, but yeah, I don't, I don't know why I guess I'm, I guess I'm just bringing it up as it feels like it's adding a time restraint on the episode that I don't think really Mm -hmm. amounts to anything, but it's just kind of a a cutesy title. All right. So let's go to patron thoughts for this one. Thank you very much patrons for supporting the show and leaving your thoughts. First comment goes to, I guess I'll mention this now for the next, um, the next section, next segment of episodes, which is the first half of season two. Uh, the patron comments are going to be under a five sentence limit for everybody, just so that we don't we're running long here and we're just trying to cut down on time. This seems like it was the haiku, way. haiku only, haiku only. If you can rhyme with two days and two nights, it's appreciated. Just to get um, everyone a chance to comment, but to be able to finish this in like under an hour is kind of an ideal goal uh, for me. So that's what it's going to be. Uh, this is not going to be the case for these ones, though. Quick question, sure. Uh, is this the season finale? No, there's one more. The oh, season okay, finale is okay. after this one. Uh, Matt Ross says, Two days and two nights, a cliche of shore leave, the reluctant captain, the cocky crew, and the timid crew member having the best time. I saw this in Star Trek Euro Trip and WW2 films on a leave. It looks like they were told to dress out of costume. As for Trip and Reed, their impression of the jerky club guys from Saturday Night Live was ridiculous. Them getting robbed and locked in the basement and no one notices is preposterous. It's amazing how the alien world looks like a Marriott hotel. Hoshi is beyond a savant in languages, I guess, and it gets her to hook up win for this episode. All she was missing was some joke about the skill of her tongue 
young. The captain's sedate vacation interrupted by his neighbor takes on a creepy vibe. But what was the goal of that encounter as it derived no information? Porthos, you're beyond useless. So did DePaul get that Ciroc book from Space Amazon, the doc's mini-hibernation and medical grogginess? Ha ha. But look, Cutler, silly, silly two floral Hawaiian shirts out of five. Final appearance of Crewman uh, Cutler as well. Yeah, that's a shame. It is. Like her. Yeah, she is, she's good. They don't know. Um, I was under the impression she was dating flocks from her last appearance, but maybe not. I guess maybe there was no reason to bring it up here. But like, th- that's just another thing of like, if you're going to rise, I feel like flocks and that and her and Cutler are going to rise. That makes sense to me, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. What he's yeah, nothing to upset that he's he had a, a funny sequence, but I feel he's the only one that we know is kind of in a relationship. I think so. Have him go down. He's the one that I mean, wants you to could explore even, what that means. You could even have that be part of the thing when they go down, where it's like, <clears throat> listen, I'm going down there with you, but I'm sleeping for two days, right? So, and then you know, <laughs> Make, wake me up problems. before the second night, and we'll be out of here. Yeah, yeah. Corey Martin says. Two Days and Two Nights, interesting episode in the sense that it's enlightening to see what the crew does with their first taste of shore leave. Hoshi's storyline is probably the most compelling in the whole episode. Her attempts to spend her vacation sans Universal Translator help up help back up the believability that she can actually do her job. A bad episode for Tripp and Malcolm, who got what they had coming. You would think two men from the enlightened future of Earth would be beyond sexually objectifying aliens, space, uh, space aliens. I could have done without Archer's use of poor old Porthos to seduce his neighbor, even though it was an obvious segue to dip back into the temporal Cold War. Speaking of Archer's swinger pad, I noticed that the doorbell intercom is shaped just like the relic for that Picard and Vosh would search for 100 years later. I wonder if that's a nod. Oh, and of course, we found out that something new, something new that Travis sucks at, rock climbing. <laughs> yes. But he, he didn't use the dog to seduce her because she threw her, her dog, dog up. up onto his balcony. Yes, it's, it's totally her. It's her play. Um, which is a bo- which is a baller move. I've never I've never tried that one before. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about Travis here? Really, he's not in the episode. He's he he he's the disappears MacGuffin. when they get there, yeah. and then he breaks his ankle or leg or something, and then he's just lay lay down on the slab for the rest of the episode. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, <clears throat> it's strange. I I don't know. We'll we'll wait until the end of the season. Uh. Alex Martin says, two days and two nights, roll out the Horgons. Horgons, I think is how you pronounce it, which is the relic that uh, previous comment was talking about. In the absence of a holodeck or a bowl of sparkly blue pebbles, it's time for the crew of the Enterprise to get their rocks off on Ryza. A reasonably enjoyable episode, primarily due to the fact that the crew get to go off ship and mix things up a little, even though there doesn't feel like any real point to any of the plot threads that Archer and the Archer Tandarin spy twist leads to absolutely nothing. The flock subplot, while silly, demonstrates again John Billingsley's strength in being able to turn what could be a completely farcical dialogue into something vaguely humorous. I still want to know what he's being forced to eat when he says, I don't care what it tastes like. It's also sad to mark the final appearance of Kelly Weimeyer as Crewman Cutler. I like the costume design for this episode with the Hawaiian shirts, which illustrates just how much closer to present day the crew of the NX-01 are compared to TNG and Picard's short shorts. Overall, a middling episode with some enjoyable bits. Three Horgons out of five. It's true. Um, I thought I had something there. No, I, d- I don't really have anything about it. <laughs> Point Extra G says, two days and two nights. Well, damn it, we went to Ryza. Actually, though, I think it's a fairly inoffensive episode. Less goofy than Captain's Holiday and far better than Let He Who's Without Sin. Most of the episodes are light fluff. 
The sick play plot line is pretty humorous. Hoshi gets some hard-to-pronounce alien D. Speaking of dicks, Malcolm and Tripp get led around by theirs. Archer's is the only story of substance. Freeing the Suoban seems to keep coming back. I know that the temporal Cold War arc gets pretty convoluted, but at least they made some attempts at making the arc more than just a few odd episodes. Calling that a story of substance is very generous. Yeah, it, it maybe is more revealing about the other stories that are going on here, too. Um, mm. Latte Librarian? I like the character moments in this one. Tripp and Malcolm are basically frat guys who are terrified of hitting on a guy by accident, so it was satisfying to see them get robbed. Though I would have liked to have them to have learned some kind of lesson about not assuming alien cultures subscribe to a gender binary. That would probably be too much for this era of TV, though. Hoshi is apparently a language savant, which makes you wonder if she actually needs the translator after all. Archer's plotline wasn't very interesting, so I spent most of his screen time thinking that Porthos looks a little depressed. He should be sniffing way more things considering he's on a planet he's never smelled before. Is it ethical to take a dog on a spaceship like this? Flock should have been way more annoyed at being woken up for an allergy problem, especially since Mayweather looked fine. Three Vulcan Bibles out of five. Yeah, how could nobody else? I was My, my girlfriend was watching this one with me. And she said, how come the other doctor couldn't handle it? And I was like, who, what do you mean the other doctor? And she was, she meant Cutler. And I was like, I don't think Cutler's a doctor. No. But even still, it like, I feel like if, if she's taking over for sick bay while he's asleep, <laughs> she should be able to handle an allergy and an anaphylactic response. Yeah. I guess she can just do the paperwork or something, but yeah, I mean, it's. It's just a, a model of how how sort of weak that story is. Mm. Really, it's just like she knows where the anti-disease sucky leeches or whatever yeah. you know the Rigel Seven leech <laughs> jar is, but what she can't to the handle leeches? she can't handle an EpiPen. Yeah, it's it's. I know she's in there as a recurring face, but it's it's almost like she's not necessary to be. I would have liked her and Flocks to go to the planet. God damn it. Like, if you're going to yeah. do something, yeah. have them go down. Um, Christian Patrick. Have, have, I would I would have had Mayweather break his ankle before going down, so he's now stuck on the ship <laughs> wanting to go down. Right. That's yeah. something else, too. You know, not just the... Someone who can actually vent and play against DePaul who doesn't need to go down, mm. you know? Right, yeah. That makes sense. Just have someone up there really sexually frustrated. <laughs> just looking out the window all day, just looking at the beaches. Christian Pouch says, two days and two nights. Why? Tripp and Reed have a shockingly blunt tail-chasing attitude that feels out of place. I wouldn't call it offensive, but I would call it dated or maybe just uncomfortable. There's a little else to say because it's just a bunch of things that happen with nothing deeper going on. Best part of the episode is Flocks waking up because John Billingsley is great. Also, they didn't even bother with making a space dog, so they just found the fucking stupidest type of earth dog they could. <laughs> two days and not even two shits out of five. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, it's one of those uh, Mexican <laughs> strange uh, hair dogs. One of those ones where, like, the weird ones always have their, their yeah. tongue sticking they're, they're, out. Yeah, their, t- their teeth are all screwed up and the tongue sticks yeah. out. That's uh, that's breeding for you. I know. Let's see. Kyle Barrett has extended his Patreon name to make this already interminably long part of the podcast even longer. Says two days and two nights. 
A surprisingly enjoyable and funny episode. The plot is vapid, but allows for some really fun character interactions. The chemistry between the crew is great, particularly in the shuttle pod at the start, and they feel truly like normal modern people rather than stuffy Star Trek officers. Trip in the clearly closeted Malcolm's leering might have taken, been taken slightly too far, but it's just locker room talk, right, fellas? Those aliens strip mm. them down to their underwear and tie them up, but the joke's on them because it reads into that kind of thing. He was hoping one of them would start spanking him with a cricket bat while the other one pissed in his mouth. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Hosey scenes are cute but she's clearly blind oh it tastes like a kiwi does it no fucking shit Hoshi because look at it for a second it is a kiwi Archer's yeah sto- I was thinking the same thing <laughs> yeah. strawberry and the kiwi Archer's storyline is the notable weak point and it lacks any form of resolution it's as if Kalo was planned to be a recurring character but that never happens despite that this is the best episode set on the cum drenched shores of Ryza although that's not saying much nevertheless a strong 3 out of 5 that white stuff in the surf isn't foam. That's not friends. no. That's not that's not sea foam. That's excitement. Yeah, the the fruit thing is just so strange. Just you, I, I would you'd expect that the director would be like, she can't call it a strawberry, right, guys? Like it's in frame. We can clearly see that it's a strawberry. Ever <laughs> or give her something that, else. Give her like a. That Mentos. reminded me of. Um, did you ever see the uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie? No, with Sean Connery. Yeah, it's one of the worst movies. I top top five worst comic book movies ever made. Yep. And there's a scene where um, <clears throat> Captain Nemo debuts to his teammates this new invention of his, which is a, it's a car. It's just a car. Yep. And everyone's like, "Whoa! Oh my God! Whoa! What do you call this?" And he goes, "I call this an automobile." <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> "What?" Right. It it's it's it was that kind of thing where it's like you're just saying what it is. Yeah. Come up with something more interesting, guys. This tastes like a kiwi. Kiwi. This is what we call a kiwi. It was just, yeah. It was just a. He had he had that line locked and loaded. Whatever yeah. she said, whatever she said, she was he was. <laughs> if she had said rutabaga, he was going to be like, ooh. Is rutabaga is the word for kissing where I come from? Is it an accomplishment that um. Is it good or bad that Hoshi's storyline is the way it is? Should it should should there have been some kind of um is it more interesting, even if it's more cliche, to have that be some sort of youthful fling romance story? I don't know if Star Is that Trek not would- what it is though? No, because she's, uh, or in the sense that, um, in the sense that it doesn't end with uh, nobody using each other. Like he's he's more insidious in the sense that you're saying, where he's got that line oh, planned see. out. Like I see, sure. I don't think Star Trek can write that kind of stuff, but I wonder, are we just being incredibly cynical with we're like, yeah, Hoshi's story was the best because nothing happened <laughs> happened in it. Well, you know, I mean, would it would it be better if it was like, oh, Hoshi drank too much and then maybe made a questionable decision with some guy from the hotel well, it depends on I, I don't know it's a, probably not in the context of the rest of this episode but it's, if this episode was about something maybe mm-hmm. you know like maybe that's worth something there or star trek i don't think star trek will ever have sex with regret as a plot line in it like i don't think that's a very mm-hmm. star trekky outlook on things um so i don't know I, I i guess it's fine like it's it was charming and i felt good for her you know, which is maybe the the best place that you wanted to go at. But um, I almost, at the same time, I did like it just because she never brings it up and no one mentions anything. 
But it goes against your point of like if if she had brought it up and Trip had not re- reacted badly to it, I don't know what the story is there either. You know, right, if if, right. if Hoshi mentions that she got laid and everyone's just like, oh, good for you and bad for me. Um, it just feels weaker or something at that point. Yeah, I, I yeah I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Why did you Why did you like the Why was that story satisfying? I guess I don't know. I just I um, they don't I waste think a lot because of time it with was. It. Yeah. Yeah, it was fairly efficient, and uh, and it was. I I found it to be a nice exploration of what it might be like in a, in that sort of situation with someone who with those kind of, you know, I it's 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 the kind of thing where it's like does if if everything has a, a has a dark lining to it, then nothing matters. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So if it's like everybody went down to Riza and everybody had a, a, a insidious encounter with somebody, yeah. it's like, oh, that's no fun, right? You know, and yep. it's and it's just like it is kind of the, it is it does act in a way as a counterpoint to Trip and Reed because they're so cocksure going down and they're kind of giving her a hard time yep. about languages and then she actually has a great time and she just keeps it to herself and yeah i think it's nice it's extremely roddenberry that storyline i think you think so yeah Yeah. because it's not a good story but that's what he would have wanted out of (laughs) rise that's true he he would want the characters to go have sex and there's no big deal and everything's just it all just works out everyone gets laid and no one cares there's no problem whatsoever that stems from it so in that sense it's a very pure if you consider Roddenberry to be Star Trek it's a very pure Star Trek story I just um, yeah. I, I agree with the mix I, I like the mix if if that was the case I almost wish that you had just stripped it down to two stories to kind of pair off against each other there instead of like mm. instead of having the entire cast but this is all yeah, I, I I I hesitate to say that because I think if there were only two stories, I think the Hoshi story I think is the perfect length. Right. I don't. I think if you get into more of that, yeah, then you're kind of losing the charm a little bit, and then there has to be more to it, yep. and there has to be some sort of conflict. Like you could honestly, you probably could combine the Hoshi story and the Archer story and take Archer and the girl out of it, but take the events and make the events the same. Right. And that essentially would be what the longer version of the Hoshi story is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So there would be more interactions and then it would be up. He's actually, he's got some, this altered ulterior motive, but I think for what they're trying to do where they're giving little bits of story to each of these characters, I think, I think it works well that way. If, um, if you were on the writing staff and you were given this assignment and they gave you the outline, right? So you basically know mm-hmm. what's going on. Would you have written this as a lighthearted comedy romp or would you have done, or would you have tried something different with it? I, um, I, I just wonder if our perspective here, you, you seem to be coming at this episode with the sense of like you enjoy it for the sort of lighthearted rompiness that it is. And yeah. I'm, I'm sort of, yeah. I'm criticizing it at the same time, maybe unfairly for, I kind of wanted it to have a point to it. Like I, sure. I, I really do like the idea of the front of um, this being humans first visit to Riza. I just think there's something there that you can yeah. really play with, but I'm not opposed to a comedy romp, but I just don't know which one I would actually prefer. And I, it seemed like you were kind of leaning the other way as to what you wanted. Well, a I'm just, I'm, I'm just going off of what they, what they did do. Sure. 
And I think what they did do is fine. Yeah. Um, that's the road that they chose. And I think it's moderately successful. It, it, I think, like I said, I, I think it's, there's not an, they don't commit to, to it enough for it to be a satisfying standalone episode. And they don't commit to the serialization for it to be a satisfying serialized thing. Yeah. Um, and so they have these, these, I think the setup is fine having these different groups of people all with different intentions going down. But again, execution wise, Archer isn't clear at all about what he wants uh, or what his purpose in the story is. Um, Reed and Reed and Tucker, I keep wanting to say Reed and Malcolm, but it's the same person. Uh, Reed and Tucker is, they don't go far enough with it, I don't think. Yeah. And I think it leans a little bit too much on, you know, watch out, that chick might have a dick. Yeah. Uh, where I think there's plenty of other stuff they could, because that being said, I don't, I don't think that that is not something they would say. Like it, I do feel like that is an honest thing for them to say because they do come off as frat dudes. Yeah, and I do think it's part of the point is that they are unevolved uh, humans at this point. Yes, exactly. Um, so even though it is not great uh, s- social commentary wise, uh, looking back at it, I don't think it is. Um, disingenuous that they would speak like that no if if, the, uh, if their plot resolved that it's totally acceptable to have them talking that way you know yes, if, if, yes, it, if it yeah. taught them something or if they sort of like had a lesson from it yeah instead of just but getting robbed yeah i mean the way that it stands is they're both worried about hitting on a uh, on a, a, a someone that might turn out to be a man then they end up hitting on someone who turns out to be a man and they end up getting robbed because of it. Like it's not, they don't learn anything. They, they it just, they, they were right in their assumptions that we shouldn't hit on people who turn out to be men, right. you know? So it's, there's no, there's no evolution. They're not learning anything. They just come out of it looking like assholes, but it, they haven't changed their viewpoint at all. Right. Yep. Um, let's see here. Woodrow says, Two days and two nights, I'm unsure how Kayla's inexplicably transparent attempt at spying justifies Archer strong-arming and detaining her. There's nothing to lose by answering her questions. They clearly both dislike the cabal. Archer merely needed to provide his captain's log, and Kayla would have been satisfied with him for the rest of the night. Oddly, <laughs> T'Pol had no reaction whatsoever to Archer, nervously sending her a Tendarin bioscan. Maybe she figured he uh, he was doing what Trip and Reed should have. Riza is an open port, after all. T'Pol clearly feels that Archer is getting too attached when a woman encourages you to read read her Bible, Quran, or teachings of Surak while telling you to get out more and visit the free love planet. <laughs> She's saying, please don't ask me out. 1.5 out of 5. That is kind of funny where it's like you're going on vacation and your coworker makes sure to send the Book of Mormon with you. Yes. <laughs> It's like, this will help you relax. It's like, uh, maybe we should talk about this when we get back. Um, yeah, the, yeah, uh, that is true. I mean, or die or Dianetics or something. The, the Kayla and Archer thing. I didn't even really think about it because of how unimportant it is, but what is their conflict between the two of them? She, he, she never even, she never even, admits to being what he says she is right yeah like if anything she could have just you know knocked him out because she was afraid of the situation yeah and was not actually what he thought that she was strange it's just such a such a weak story 
Captain Brazen says, after some build-up mentions and name drops, the result of Enterprise's light serialization is a resounding, huh, Ryza. Why does it have to be Ryza? Fan service is cringing when it's consistently in your face, just like Into Darkness features a dead tribble. Although the fan service here isn't blatant, it's just lazy autopilot writing. You could call this planet anything else besides Ryza, perhaps Pleasure Planet XXX or Malcolm Reed's Sweet Erotic Pineapple Delight, and it would still work. <laughs> it has a nice setup for an ensemble episode like TOS's Shore Leave, but they don't do anything except small vignettes. Kelly Waymeyer makes her last appearance as Elizabeth Cutler, which is a shame because I rather like the character. Rest in peace, Kelly. Archer's story with the leopard-spotted woman is half-baked. Tripp and Malcolm trying to get their horgons pleasured by aliens in a bar makes me remember my college days in alien bars, of course. We had the good sense not to think strictly with our dicks in hand. The best parts are the comical moments with flocks waking out of hibernation, reminding me what I look my what I may look like while raising my four-year-old. Oh, and apparently, Hoshi has more game at betting an alien than any guy on the ship. Hoshi wins the episode. <laughs> you go, girl. Two stripped humans to their skivvies out of five. I actually thought... Um only for a minute because I realized that the spots weren't the same, but I thought maybe they were doing like a hundred years in the past things change thing. I thought maybe she was going to turn out to be a trill. I thought she was trill as well. Yeah. 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 And which, in which case I was like, Oh, well that's actually kind of interesting because you do have that sexuality component involved, whether it's, you know, like they did with Dax where she used to be, she previously was in the body of a man and and all that kind of stuff. Honestly, how that, yeah. I mean, honestly, um, a trill thematically makes sense with unevolved humans, right? Because trill are the opposite. Trill are like the experienced right, creatures right. who have like been through all of this stuff and are not uh, sort of biased or um, yeah. uptight about things. It would, it would make more sense for a trill to be involved in the Malcolm and Tucker yes. storyline, yeah, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's too bad. That would have been fun. Yeah. Thomas Darnell says, two days and two nights. I hope you guys have a lot of fun with the semi-intentionally funny Trip and Malcolm plot. This is almost every character at their worst and probably the worst episode of the season, but at least they're paying off those Ryza hints they've been dropping. This is Code of Honor-esque, where most of the entertainment is the extent of the critical fail. And then final comment. I did, I, I was just going to say, I did enjoy from the Trip and Malcolm story that um, Trip's George W. Bush, Brad Pitt voice uh, did dip slightly into inglorious bastards dialogue where he was like yeah well we're still fighting in a fucking basement <laughs> he, he did benjamin espinoza says how do you screw up a trip to a pleasure planet how this is just awful and i don't understand how this was made it out of the writer's room hoshi is the only one who actually has a good time and even her relationship was joyless i felt like i was watching a bad snl night at the roxbury skit with trip and malcolm at their creepiest they even do the thing with like the you me yeah, you me yeah, thing. They, they even do that. Yeah, yeah, that has to be that has to be on purpose. I'm pretty sure it's intentional, but yeah. Um, again, they don't. If they're going to make that intentional, you have to play up that their clownishness is what right. gets them in trouble. That's the point right. of that sketch. Um, right, right. They, of course, they get robbed, and we're treated to another episode of Captain Underpants. And then there's Archer. There's no way that Kayla's dog Rilo got Archer's got to Archer's balcony. How? It was shown to be several floors down. At least Rilo and Porthos had more chemistry than Archer and Kayla. Why would anyone ever want to vacation with these people? Hoshi is the only one who seemed halfway written like a real human being. Poor Mayweather can't even go to the pleasure planet and avoid bodily injury. Worst of the season, one bad forehead tattoo out of five. I guarantee you, if you talk to a writer of, of Enterprise about this episode, about the dog thing, the answer would be um, author license, where it's like, well, we didn't write this into the script, but our understanding was that the dog was an alien dog. Yeah. And so it could jump really high. 
And so it just jumped from the balcony onto Archer's balcony. So makes perfect sense. It had wings in the script. It was the first thing we had to cut for budget. Yeah, budget exactly. Yeah. Once we saw we had about $25 and a, and a, <laughs> pack, and a package of 10 cent off stickers <laughs> to use for this episode, we decided we had to cut the dog wings. A lot of um, harshness towards this one, which I can't. I can't say it's a bad yeah, thing, but I, I also, I don't, the, the responses to these past few have been interesting because mm. this is not one that I would say is a one because it's not, it's fine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. Pre- I'm hard pressed to give any episode from this season a one just because they are all very competently made. Yeah. There's nothing that just screams, well, we really let this one get away from us that a lot, that a lot of other seasons of series do. Yeah. You haven't. You haven't given. We neither of us have given a one this season mm. to this to any of these things. Um, well, thank you, patrons. I'm going to give it. I think it's a two for me. Um, it's a weak two if you're looking at it in terms of this should have been about something. It's a fairly mm-hmm. strong two as a kind of like goofy uh, filler crew has an adventure episode. Uh, yeah, I think both of them are kind of like subpar versions of what those stories could have been, um, particularly more so in the sense that if you wanted this episode to actually about, be about something, it's even worse. But as just kind of a funny attempt at comedy, I think it's, I think it's like a, a decent episode. That's a, it's a fairly strong, too. It's just slightly below average. It was mostly because of the Archer storyline, which is I would describe it as the central storyline, and it's got nothing going for it. Yeah. No, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, I think it's if you view it for what it's trying to do, it's fine. Um, but if if you look at it as wishing that it was more thematically relevant or uh, serial serialization relevant, relevant yeah. then it definitely fails. But as far as like a light, quote unquote, comedy episode, uh, it's fine. It's it's not it's not. I wouldn't say it's good. Yeah, but it's it's not dog shit so i would say it's yeah it's, i'd say it's a two 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 for both of us that's it for that one we'll be back with the f- season finale which is shockwave part one it's the first part of a uh, one parter but because it divides seasons we won't be doing the two episodes together we'll just do shockwave part mm. one for the next one um and then we'll leave you with a cliffhanger thoughts about how that went and then we'll have bum, a bum, uh, want want and then we'll have a enterprise season one wrap-up i think uh, so that's it. Thank you, patrons, for supporting the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the content today. Check out all the links down below. Join the Discord if you're so inclined. Support the show on Patreon if you're so inclined. Thank you very much. I would like to also mention, I can't remember who said it in the comments, but yes, these are magnets on my boom arm. They're not giant portraits in the background. I was <laughs> just hovering so they're. They're not in the background. They're actually on on the uh, the the. I had one too, but I, these I, uh, for the, the people listening, obviously, I have these two magnets of uh, postage stamp portraits of Dracula and the Wolfman. Uh, I can't remember who painted them. I th- oh god, I can't. He's a really really fantastic painter, but his mind is my mind is slipping on his name. <laughs> I have one as well, which is working out great for the audio only listeners, but it goes right there. But unfortunately, I think if it gets in the way, it gets in the way of the uh, quark in the back, which is, do you recognize that cup quark in the back? Uh, I actually can't see you because oh, that's of the right. way our setup works, that's but right. I'm going to say yes, it's probably the same quark that I cup that I have. Yeah, from Sean's basement. It's that, that, <laughs> yes, that cup, yes. yeah. Um, I guess that's it. Do you have anything you want to say, Clay, before we go? 
Uh, we just had a new Rotten Horror Picture show come out this past week. We were doing David Cronenberg's The Fly. And then uh, next week or this week, depend. I don't remember. Is this coming out Thursday? This comes out Thursday. Okay, so next week will be a new uh, badass. Uh, two good episodes, I think. Bullet for Bullock and The Trial, I believe. The Trial is cool. It's uh, um, Batman gets put on trial inside Arkham Asylum by all of his uh, villains. Under uh, They're trying to find out whether or not he is responsible for all of their um, misdeeds. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, Sean talks quite a bit about how he realized he swiped quite a bit from that episode for, <laughs> for White Knight. <laughs> it all subconscious. It all soaks soaks right in. Check out Badass. That'll be there. You can check out Ron Horror Picture Show. It continues. They just did The Fly, as he said. Um, I guess that's it. Yeah, we'll be back with uh, the season finale for Enterprise, which is Shockwave Part 1. And after that, we'll move on to Season 2. All that stuff. So thank you guys very much for listening. We'll see you next time.